0: You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 33. Hey guys, we are doing a birth story this week with Miss Jasmine. She came on to uh, record an episode. It was a while ago (laughs) that she came on to the podcast um, to share her story. And this is a story for anybody, but if you are a preemie mom or if you know somebody who has had a preemie or if you have any experience with preemies, this story is for you because Jasmine had a baby at 25 weeks and two days of gestation, which is very, very, very early. Most of us know if you're pregnant, <laughs> hopefully you know that a term pregnancy, once you hit term, you're or once you are 37 weeks, you're considered term But we count pregnancy up, you know, most people go to 37, 40 weeks of pregnancy. So to have a baby at 25 weeks is very early. So Jasmine came on and shared her story. She was having issues with her pregnancy pretty much from the beginning. She was having UTI, kidney issues, and then her cervix just started to dilate. By the time she was about 24 weeks, her cervix was already 80% effaced so pretty thin, and her cervix was one and a half centimeters. She got admitted to the hospital, and she was put on multiple medications like magnesium, given steroid shots for his lungs, morphine for pain, and lots of change in positions. She was able to keep her baby boy in for a little bit longer, but then at 25 weeks into gestation, he had a mind of his own and he decided that that was the day he was going to be born. There is a lot more to this story and Jasmine does a wonderful job um, explaining his whole story and what she went through and then his Use Day. So without further ado, let's hear Jasmine's story. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see MommyLaborNurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. This episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast was brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? I personally have tried betterhelp.com in the past. Right after Walter was born, I was really struggling with some stuff and I needed a counselor, but I didn't really wanna go out of the house because I had a newborn. So I signed up for BetterHelp and it was just so wonderful to be able to text with my counselor back and forth and talking to her about the issues that I was going through. One of my favorite parts of virtual therapy is that you do have the ability to do that and you can just kind of scroll back through your conversation and refresh your memory instead of typical counseling where you kind of have to rack your brain and think, oh, what did we? What exactly did she recommend to me? With BetterHelp, you have access to that whole conversation. You can just scroll right back through. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. It's definitely way more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is also available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website at trybetterhelp.com slash labor nurse. That's try better H-E-L-P and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Mommy Labor Nurse listeners to get 10% off your first month at trybetterhelp.com slash labor nurse. And now let's get into today's episode. Hi, Jasmine. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. Can you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your family and where you're from, what you do, all that good stuff?
1: I'm sure. So of course, my name is Jasmine Hill. Um, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved here. I'm in Georgia now. Um, about forty-five minutes from Atlanta. Cool. It's called Acworth. Yeah, it's a little city. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I moved here when I was twelve. Um, so I've been here for a long time. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I met my husband when I was how old was I 21 or so? Yeah, so a long story short, um, we got married and you know, when I married him, I told him I'm not sure I can have children because I do have um stage four endometriosis. So I didn't even wow. think it'd be possible to have kids. The doctor told me it was like a point zero one ten or something like that percent chance. Oh gosh. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> It's something that really was not in our plans because you know we just didn't think that was possible but now uh, yeah it's very really
0: possible <laughs> yeah <laughs> with a baby laying but, next to you right <laughs> exactly right so <laughs> one in my belly so awesome <laughs> yeah. awesome Cool, cool. Well, guys, today we are doing um, a birth story, and we're going to be talking about Jasmine's first birth of her. You had a boy, right? I can't yes, remember yes. now. Yeah, of your son. Um, so, if you want to kind of go back, I know you talked a little bit about your issues maybe with fertility, with those medical issues, but um, if you want to go back to kind of when you were finding out you were pregnant and if you had any you know, losses or anything before this pregnancy, um, just kind of take us back there.
1: Yeah, definitely. So the first time when we got married, we got married in 2016. So I think in September of that year, I was feeling kind of sick then. And I went ahead and took a pregnancy test and I found out it was positive, shockingly, scared out my life. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, because we just got married. Um, But then a few days later, when I retested, it was negative. So I was like, what in the world? So I called my OB and I eventually went and so that's what you know they said then I was taking something called a Depo-Provera which is Mm -hmm. like a shot um which is supposed to help with my endometriosis but um they said sometimes that's very common to happen in chemical pregnancy when you're taking Uh that medication unfortunately yeah that happened um the first time yeah but then um (laughs) so it's funny how we found out the second time so the second time, you know, I had a point in my life where I was like, Oh, you know, I want to have kids. I really wish I could have kids.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: you know, we didn't necessarily try. It just like we were like, if it happened, it happened, but I didn't think it could anyway. So I was like, Well, you know, let's do some other things, do some volunteer work. So we were actually booked a um a flight to go to Ecuador to volunteer. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> to volunteer there. And um I think it was like a couple of—I don't know—it was a couple of months. I think it was a couple of months before we had actually decided to go, or whatever. But um, my husband, for some reason, was like, "You need to take a pregnancy test." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Why do I need to take pregnancy? I'm not pregnant. Like, I know I'm not pregnant. I'm fine. I'm not sick. Nothing's wrong. I—I I don't even think I can get pregnant again. So I uh-huh. don't know." So I went ahead. You know, and I listened to him. I took the test. And so the first time I took it, it was, just, I think it was, like, I did it wrong or something because mm-hmm. it went completely white. There was oh. no, yeah. So I was like, you know, like, well, I'll take it again tomorrow. It's probably going to be negative. So I don't have nothing to worry about. Yeah. So then, yeah. He reminded me to take it the next day because I forgot. So I went ahead and I took it. And I left it on the counter. Just like, you know, this is dumb. I don't see why I have to take this. <laughs> <laughs> Lo and behold, it was positive. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. I don't believe this is happen to me right now. I'm freaking out. Yeah. Like, we have a trip to Ecuador. Are you kidding me? I was really upset. <laughs> oh I'm
0: sure with like a trip planned and everything like I I can I can relate to that like I I can understand that like getting ready to go on a trip and you just found out you're pregnant like geez
1: exactly we just like put out money for this trip so it was like yeah (laughs) but um after about a couple of weeks or two once we confirmed it yes it was true I was indeed pregnant this time for sure yeah um you know I kind of calmed down a little bit I think I was excited but I think I was very anxious because I do have endometriosis and I don't know you know what that would do in my pregnancy if I would have any complications if I would lose the baby I mean it was so many things going through my mind I didn't know exactly what to expect it's my first pregnancy, technically you know I guess pregnancy that continued so I didn't know what to expect what to do
0: (laughs) right right so that's what I found out initially yeah. Cool. Well, let's, um, so with your first trimester, did you have like a lot of morning sickness, a lot of issues, any bleeding, anything like that? Oh, well, my
1: first trimester with that pregnancy, and I, I think it started about six weeks. I did have some morning sickness. I didn't throw up, though. I yeah. just got really... Yeah, like nauseous and, you know, just felt really
0: sick. It's not good, you know, how that feels. It's just yucky. Yeah, you just feel gross and you just feel right. tired all the time. And, exactly. like, that's how I felt with Walter. I was just – I didn't – I really didn't throw up a whole lot, but I just just kind of felt crummy, like, all the time. Right. <laughs> just exactly. a crappy feeling.
1: Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. I just felt really ill and just – like, you had the stomach flu or something. Yeah that. Yes. So that's about it. I mean, there's some weird things I experienced. Like I think I had some tingling in my legs or something. Oh, huh. weird. The doctor said it was normal. So I was, I was like, oh, okay, but I don't, I think I else that I can think of, I think it yeah. was so anxiety. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I'm sure. I mean that for, especially, I remember how anxious I was in the like in the first trimester, not even having any losses before that. And just because you can't, you can't feel your baby kick or move, you know, the really, the only thing that's telling you that you're pregnant is a pregnancy test, <laughs> you know, before you get to that first appointment, especially you're like, am I pregnant? And exactly. I mean, I'm not getting my period, but like, is there really something in there? <laughs> exactly. And that's one thing I did. I was crazy.
1: My friends say I'm crazy. I took nine pregnancy tests. Oh girl, I- <laughs> don't even,
0: that's exactly me. We could be twins. Cause I did the <laughs> same thing.
1: <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I think I went to the doctor. I had like several ultrasounds because at yeah. first, the first one was, you know, of course, just a little sack. Yeah. And there was no um, fetal pole or anything. And it just right. Yolk back in, you know, the gestational sack. Um, but then I think I went a couple weeks later and then we did see the fetal pole and the heartbeat. And I, once I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, that's that's powerful to me. You yeah. Know? Like, there's a life growing inside of me.
0: It's yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. Well, let's move on to the second trimester. I know I know we can't move on to the too much in the to the third trimester. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but we can talk about the second trimester and how your second trimester went up until the end of it. <laughs> okay.
1: okay, yes, definitely. So the second trimester, that's when actually no, I should have said so ten weeks is when I started having issues. Mm-hmm. Um so I was having like urinary tract symptoms. Mm -hmm. I'm like an infection. I did have that often when I wasn't pregnant. And I did have a kidney infection twice. So yeah, yeah, it felt that way. Like I was having a kidney infection or something. So I would constantly go to the doctor. They would, you know, do cultures. Mm. But every time they did it, it was negative. There was no bacteria. Everything was clean. There was nothing found. But I'm like, look, there's something wrong. I don't know what's wrong. I don't feel right. And I kept trying to voice that. But because there was nothing to be found, it's little, you know, they couldn't do so much, but they gave me ultrasounds for my kidneys, nothing. Um, I think I went to a urologist, nothing. So it mm-hmm. was just very weird. Yeah. <laughs> we To this day, we don't know what, what I was feeling. Huh. And then some doctors were like, oh, it's just pregnancy related. So I guess at some point I just gave up um, mm-hmm. and was like, you know what, I guess that's what it is. And, you know, I'll just do what I can do. And yeah. that was that. So, moving toward the 22nd week, because I was hospitalized, like, several times, I think about four, Mm -hmm. that whole pregnancy, Um, but 22 weeks, so I went to, which doctor was that? The hospital, and I was complaining of the same thing, urinary tract symptoms and all of that, Mm -hmm. so this doctor, um, they wanted to do a cervical exam, and so I didn't know really much anything about cervical exams as far as, like, checking your cervix to see if you're dilated, so He went ahead, and he checked it, and oh, my goodness, it hurt so bad (laughs) the first time. So when he went in, he was asking me, he said, um, have you given birth before? And I was like, no. And he was like, have you had any other prior pregnancies? And I did tell him about the chemical, but he was like, well, that wouldn't really do anything. So I was like, well, why do you ask? And he was like, because you're a centimeter dilated. And I was like, what? That doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense. I don't understand why that would be, you know, I'm trying to do everything cautiously. I haven't, you know, done anything crazy or anything. Right, so I don't, right. Yeah, understand why that would happen. So anyway, he was like, well, sometimes that happens and women can walk around one centimeter until they they give birth. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, I don't want to do anything to make it worse. So I went home and I think from that point, I was pretty much trying to be on bed rest just mm-hmm. so To preserve my cervix, yeah, inside. So it did work for two weeks or so, and by 24 weeks, I lost my mucus plug, Mm. and so I was freaking out, panicking. And at first, I didn't think that's what it was, so I wasn't really concerned, you know, too much about it. But I was like, wait a minute, I think that's what it really was. So I said, you know what? I asked my husband, can you just take me to the hospital just so we can see, or you know, see if anything else is happening. So I went to the hospital again and the doctor, she said, Oh, well, it doesn't seem like you're dilated anymore. So we were like, okay, great, great. So I went back home and actually that same day I was having a gender reveal party. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I was trying to put everything aside about, you know, being, I guess, anxious or having Mm -hmm. anxiety about that. So I put that aside and then I didn't know what, you know, what we're having. I wanted a boy, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I found when I found out because we did it at our house in the backyard. I found out and the blue smoke came up. I was so excited. I <laughs> I That's <probably> so
0: cool. <laughs> <did> it. <Yeah.
1: laughs> but it probably made things worse. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, after that, um, I think it was the day after. I felt kind of weird. I felt pressure, like um, down in my vagina. So I was like, I think I might need to go see a. Doctor again. So my husband said, okay, that's fine. Let's go to see the OB. So I went into OB's office. Oh, and then I felt a trickle, like some trickling down my leg. And I'm like, I don't know if my water broke or what's going on. So we went in just to be sure. And then the uh, doctor, she did the, I think it's the fetal neck. I don't know the
0: name, I know you know. Fetal fetal fibronectin is probably what she did. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) She did that. And um, it came back, it was negative. It mm-hmm. wasn't um, amniotic fluid. So it's like, oh, thank God. It's not that. Mm-hmm. So she was like, you know what? But I still, you know, would suggest you probably be seen at the hospital. And I was frustrated at the time. I was like, you know what? I keep going to the hospital. They're not really doing anything about it. So, I mean, what is there for me to do? And so I said, you know what? Can I see a, a maternal fetal specialist? Because while I was at the hospital, they always referred me to them anyway. So I was like, can I just go straight to them instead? And so she was like, well, I don't know what that's going to do. But, you know, if that's your choice, you know, sure, we'll we'll go ahead and do that. And I thank God to this day I did. But um, yeah. she went ahead, scheduled me an appointment. We went in that same day. I told her what, you know, the doctor there, what I was experiencing and all of that. And she said, um, well, let's do a cervical lymph exam. So we're like, okay, that's fine. So she went ahead. She did that and when she did that, my cervix measured 1.5 centimeters, Mm. exactly, so I didn't know what that meant, yeah, but she was like, um, she sat us down, she's like, I think you need to go to the hospital, like, Mm -hmm. for a length of time, (laughs) until the baby comes, pretty much, we were like, wait, what, yeah, I have to say where, (laughs) so I was, you know, frustrated about that, too, and then me and myself, I'm was really very hard-headed there was a, a hospital called Northside atlanta and it's the best hospital for like um nicu it's actually mm-hmm. one of the best in the state of georgia cool and she was suggesting me to go there and i was like no i don't want to go there it's too far from my house i want to go to Canton. <laughs> i'm gonna go to Canton hospital and that's what i'm gonna do so my husband he was like are you sure i'm like yes i'm i don't if i have to stay that hospital is nicer because this one is like in the city and so it's, yeah it's the main hospital and it's not as nice. So I was like, you know, I'm going to the other one. It's newer. And this is not. So, so like I've already
0: path. planned on going to this one. I'm going to my right. own hospital.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like that's the one we wanted to give birth in. So we were yeah. like, Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give birth. I'm going to give birth here. But unfortunately the hospital didn't have a level three NICU just in yeah. case, you know, he was born. So, um, I packed my bags, I got there, I saw a doctor, I was explaining what was happening, so he did a cervical exam. At that point, I was two centimeters dilated, so he was Mm -hmm. like, unfortunately, you know, we don't have the proper equipment here. We don't know if you're going to give birth today, tomorrow, or in two weeks, so, you know, to be safe, we're going to have to transfer you from um, the hospital here all the way to the one in Atlanta, and I was Mm -hmm. like, are you serious? (laughs) I'm like,
0: man, I could have just gone myself, I guess. (laughs) Exactly.
1: <laughs> so I was like, okay. I just took it as, you know, God's telling me just go. Yeah, yeah, I wanted you to go here. You're being hard at it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm gonna make you go here now. <laughs> so they um uh, transported me from ambulance to that hospital. And I think by that point I was like seventy percent faced mm-hmm. or something. I didn't know what these words meant at the time. Now yes. I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was pretty it was pretty bad. So I went to the Atlanta hospital and I mean I was very wrong it was very nice everybody was the staff lovely oh, good everybody I had an awesome experience um there and so I was there for what six days I believe so when I first got there the first thing they did I think at the hospital and the Canton the one that I wanted to give birth they gave me a steroid shot that was mm-hmm. the first thing that they had I got to the one in Atlanta, and they started me on the magnesium. Man, and that, mm. <laughs> that that stuff is just awful. Yeah, they could have a whole so episode
0: bad. on on magnesium and how bad it is.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> yes, yes, it makes you feel like you have the flu. Like I don't, yeah. I don't know another way to describe it. That's really a perfect. Bad. Yeah, so,
0: that's a perfect explanation of how it makes you feel, and that's what I tell yeah. patients that. Hey, you're gonna feel really, really crummy. Like you have yep. the flu or you can't move and you're just, cause it, it, it makes you so tired. It makes you so hot and flushed and yeah, it's just not fun. <laughs> yeah,
1: it really does. And I, I thought they were exaggerating, but I was like, uh, no, they're not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had that and they wanted me on that for 24 hours. So they gave yeah. me like a, I don't know what it's called, a booster dose or a loading dose initially. Of magnesium? Yes.
0: Yeah. So they, yeah. Loading dose. So they give usually with, um, when we have magnesium patients, we, yeah, you'll give kind of what's called a loading dose initially in the first, usually the third the first 30 minutes. And you give like a whole lot at once to kind of, uh, quote unquote, load you up, you know, with, met- with a loading, do- with a loading dose. So you get a whole lot into your system at once. And then, you know, yeah, you're on a maintenance for 24 hours or 12 hours or however long, you know, the provider wants you to be on.
1: Right, and that's exactly what happened. They and that loading dose is
0: it makes you feel like crap. Like that loading dose is no fun. No,
1: it's it's horrible. You hot, and it's just so many different things.
0: Yeah. But
1: I took that for I think twenty four hours. I was on it, horrible, and I had one of my friends in town because she was visiting for the gender reveal. So we're all cramped in this hospital room. Me, my husband, (laughs) my two friends, and so we're all in there, and they're worried, and we were. They were being, you know, trying to make me laugh and take pictures. So I still yeah. have those pictures. Um, but, yeah, so we were in there for, I think, that room for about a day. Then the doctor came, and then they decided, okay, we're going to move you to the high-risk unit because you're probably going to be here for mm-hmm. a length of time considering, you know, the situation and your circumstance. So I was like, okay, yeah, I figured that. You know, that's fine. Whatever you got to do, however long I have to stay, you know, I just want my baby to be safe. So. Yeah, yeah. They switched me to a room the next day, and that's the room I pretty much was in until I gave birth, well, yeah, right before I gave birth, and mm-hmm. so um, they just pretty much kept me on the magnesium. I did have contractions on and off, but because I do have endometriosis, it's hard, it was hard for me to distinguish if it was just, you know, pregnancy, I don't know, it's, when it comes to pain, my pain is like, I could tolerate it, so it's like, I don't really notice it sometimes. Right. So I was having contractions, but I didn't know it. And they were like, oh, did Mm. you feel that one? I was like, no, I don't know (laughs) what you're talking about. And then eventually I did start to feel it because it did kind of increase. Mm -hmm. Um, They were just monitoring me. And, of course, my son, Miguel, he was just moving all around and would not cooperate. And they would have to come in every two hours to, you know, move the little, I don't know, the monitor. Um, So that was no fun. I'm sure he didn't like it. And he didn't Mm -hmm. like the Mac, too, because it made him. really drowsy like his heart rate would go down yeah but they said that was okay so I was like okay so then one night I think it was on the fifth day that I was there um the mag was not working because I took mag for about four days on and off they gave Mm -hmm. it the fifth day they said okay that's it we gave you enough you know we don't want to give you too much I said okay that's fine you know look I don't want it anyway but yeah I want to do what I have to for my son so I said okay Um, so I was cramping and I felt it was strong. I didn't know it was contractions at the time, but it was. Um, so I started to contract about eight o'clock that night. Mm -hmm. And I did have a doctor initially that was on call and he was like, I think he did a cervical exam and he was like, um, no, I don't see initially, I don't see, you know, anything wrong as far as you know you dilating anymore. It just seems the same. Mm -hmm. so you know we should be okay for you know however long so I'm like okay well I guess I've been hearing that all the time so that's fine so then the pain started to increase and I was like okay I told the nurse and she told me to move on my side it wasn't working and it started to get to the point where it was affecting my breathing and I was like wait Mm -hmm. a minute something's wrong here this is not right I've never experienced this so then I you know just dealt with it and then I um. Started bleeding, so I was getting afraid because I was like, I didn't know what was happening. Am I losing my baby? I don't know what's happening. Yeah. So I'm frantic. My husband's frantic. So he got the nurse, and um, she called the doctor. The doctor came back, did another cervical exam, was like, No, I don't see any changes here. I said, Well, why am I bleeding then? Mm-hmm. And so he was like, Oh, just cervical change. I'm like, If you just said <laughs> there's no change, and now you're telling me anyway, that's a whole yeah. other story. Yeah. But, um, so what he initially said, I think he gave me some morphine or something Mm -hmm. for the pain. Um, but nothing was working. Like it just, the morphine put me to sleep, but the contractions would keep coming and I would wake right back up. So, you know, that went on for about 12 hours or so. And Mm -hmm. then he was like, okay, we'll just leave her. till the, I guess the morning doctor and I'm Thankfully, we did, because that's actually the doctor I wanted to deliver me in the first place, So, Oh, good. She came in the room, very sweet doctor. She came in the room. She was like, oh, you know, because I had saw her a couple of days prior, mm-hmm. and she was, you know, explaining to me what could be going on, so they went ahead, did an ultrasound. They saw the baby was head down, so um, I think after that point, she did another cervical exam. I was still bleeding, and she said, oh, yeah, you're going to have a baby today and I was like, wait, what? I was only 25 weeks and two days, so I'm frightened. I'm like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I've been reading stories about premature babies and different things, and the um, neonatal team had come down and pretty much explained to me what would happen if I had a baby this early, you know, what the survival rate is, and all of those things, certain things you don't want to hear, certain things you have to hear, but right. You know, we just listened and, you know, just said prayers and there's nothing else we could do at that point. So yeah. we went ahead, <coughs> excuse me, we went ahead and, um, she said, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and send you to a delivery room. So I don't know what's going on. I'm in pain. <laughs> I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I'm just in pain and I'm laboring. And I finally got to the room, which I was like halfway there. I don't know what was going on. I just remembered a few things vaguely. Um, the doctor did ask me that I want epidural. I was like, yes, because oh, yeah. initially, sign me I up, wanted, yeah. <laughs> I wanted. I was not prepared. I mean, if I was like prepared for a natural birth, and yeah. it may have been different, but I had. it was no preparation, like whatsoever. Right. It was just right. oh, you're oh, like having a baby. Not to that, right? So. I went ahead, and she gave me the anesthesiologist. She came, and I I don't remember it, but my husband said, "Yeah, she came, and she was, you know, in your back, and she put mm-hmm. the, I guess, the needle or the catheter in your back, um, and they put. It was really quick because I just remember having pain, and then all of a sudden, I didn't have any more pain.
0: That's good. That's a good.
1: Epidural. <laughs> yeah, it worked fast. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So my um my legs, everything was numb. I couldn't feel anything, and yeah. that from that, I was able to go to sleep because I hadn't slept that whole night. So I was yeah. able to sleep finally. And I, I guess as that's happening, my husband had alerted my family and um, his family that you know I was in labor. Mm-hmm. So I would hear people, but I was not really, I couldn't respond. It was very strange, but I couldn't really respond. Then I started shaking really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I they told me it was from the epidural. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess that's what, that's what that is. Uh-huh. So, um, about two hours later, um, my husband told me that's how long it was. The doctor came back in and she checked and she said, okay, you're crowning. And so I was like, okay, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so she said oh, that to me, the baby head, you know, I can see it. It's coming out. Mm-hmm. I was like, really? So mm-hmm. she said, "Yes, yeah, I'm having a baby. And so she explained to me, she talked to me a little bit first and she did tell me, you know, the baby's going to be very small because he's only 25 weeks and, mm-hmm. you know, but we're going to have a midwife here. We're going to have a team of, um, we're going to have a neonatologist and some neonatal, neonatal nurses. Yeah. <laughs> all going to be here. They're going to be over there. And once the baby comes out, we're going to, you know, let you see him and then give him to them. That way, you know, he can get taken care of and everything. So it's not going to be like a normal birth. So mm-hmm. I was like, whatever you have to do to keep my baby alive, do that's it. what I want, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do anything. That's exactly. Yeah. I totally get it. So um, she went ahead, and so I put my foot in the stirrups and everything, and literally, it was in two pushes, he was out. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. He was only um, one pound, ten ounces, so he Aww. was very, very small. Aww. When he came out, though, I was shocked to see, because they said he was so little, but He looked bigger than what I thought he would look like. I guess pictures I've seen. So I was like shocked. So when he came out, this little boy came out crying, and I was like, "Wait, what? Good for him."
0: (laughs) I know they do that sometimes, man. Those little preemies, when they're ready to come out, they're like, "Hey, I'm out, and I'm gonna cry, and I'm gonna make a fuss about." (laughs) Everybody's like, "Whoa!"
1: (laughs) I know, and I guess from that cry, just kind of touched my heart, and I just started crying. I'm like, "He's alive," you know? Yeah. Hey, and actually, I know the doctor said, "Well, that doesn't really matter as far as like the app got the uh, AB. What is it, the appgar? Ab- yeah, because <laughs> yeah. um, that's for term babies. But mm-hmm. his score at first, the first minute of life, it was an eight, and like five hey. minutes into life, it was a nine.
0: Hey, so, yeah, that's he, great. Was, he was
1: doing well, and my husband he was such a daze. He was looking like
0: I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah." I was
1: like, just go there, you know. sit there, baby, take pictures. I can't mm-hmm. see what's going on. So he was taking pictures, and you know, he was touched too. So he cried a little too, Aww. and um, you know, so we were all. I was just happy he was alive, and so yeah, he went. Of course, and, yeah, because that was scary. But uh, yeah. he went with them to the um the NICU, and you know, he saw. I think he had my, I think my son was on CPAP at first. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. and so of course he's 25 weeks so his lung is not fully developed so yeah he had problems breathing at first and eventually I think the same day they had to intubate him Mm -hmm. um but I was just again happy he he was alive he was here
0: yeah and he was okay yeah no that's so great well I did want to ask you um I want to ask you about his NICU stay and I want to also before we talk about that I want to ask you about your postpartum experience first and how yeah. kind of that was um after having a 25 weeker
1: okay so well, yeah when I um initially when everything happened I was just happy he was alive yeah. and everything yeah. and, um they said I didn't have any tearing which yeah. I wouldn't expect <laughs> to, considering he's so small it's pretty
0: small yeah sometimes you still can but yeah usually those really? preemies they just yeah you don't have very much tearing
1: yeah she said it was like some scratches but that yeah was a- it, yeah, yeah but no stitches thank goodness and so you know they I couldn't even my legs so they helped me to go to the bathroom and everything mm-hmm. um and then you know of course I bled the, that was the whole other thing but yeah. um I think after that I went to the recovery room and I think I had to stay there for like an hour or two just mm-hmm. to be monitored then they had to you know push my stomach down and mm-hmm. help me to I don't know what it's called, but they when they come and push your belly down after you give birth a fundal rub. (laughs) That's what they're called, but
0: yeah, they're just checking. Yeah, they're not fun. They are not fun. They're not called fundal rubs because it's fun. (laughs) But no, that's just it's just a check to make sure that your uterus is in the right place and that you're not bleeding excessively and to make sure that it's kind of cramping down as usual. Now, when somebody's twenty five we, you know, delivering preterm, especially that preterm, it's, it's a lot more difficult because your uterus isn't that big <laughs> because with a term patient, you know, it gets, it gets a whole lot bigger and it still shrinks down, but yeah, with a 25 weeker, I, you know, you can still do a fundal rub of course, but it's just, it's just kind of a little bit harder because it's a little smaller in there.
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, still uh,
0: not fun. Still not right. fun. No <laughs> fun.
1: <laughs> no fun at all. People but, yeah. ask they're like, um, oh, so I'm sure your labor wasn't that bad. I'm like, look, I know no. I became, at 25 weeks,
0: but 10 centimeters is 10 centimeters. I don't care who you uh-huh. are. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. sometimes it's, it's, you know, and usually what, a lot of times what we see with, preemies too, is like, it goes so incredibly fast and you push so fast because those preemies, when they're ready to come out, they're just ready to come out. And yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's, it's not as your baby isn't as big as a term baby, but the whole labor experience is the same. The pushing is the same. Everything Everything is the same <laughs> yeah yeah that was a very traumatic
1: experience yeah I would say. and I guess that's why I'm so afraid now but anyway yeah I know oh. I'm
0: sure I'm sure
1: yeah Whew. but after the um after I stayed in there and they you know did the fundal rubs um they said I can go see my baby and I was just I was at that point I started getting nervous because mm-hmm. I was like what's going on with him? I don't know. I can't see him. My husband, he's not really answering the phone. So I'm like, okay, what's, what's happening? I need to know, you know, what's going on. So he finally came back in and then we had friends there. So no, and I told him, I said, I don't want nobody, you know, going, seeing him at first before I see him. Yeah. He's my baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So my husband, he's like, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, nobody's going to go there. So he came and he got me in the wheelchair and we roll down there, and I promise you, like, when I got in the NICU, I mean, I, you see all the other babies, and they look, you know, they're pretty much, a lot of them were term. Yeah. They would just had some issue or something, but, yeah. you know, they were normal size, so I was looking, but my baby, he was all the way, like, toward the end in the back, mm-hmm. so I'm looking at all these other babies as I'm going through, and then I go to um, our pod. And then I saw him and I guess after seeing a regular term baby and then Mm -hmm. seeing my little one pound, 10 ounce baby, that was just crushing. Like I'm trying not to get emotional now thinking about it, but it's just like, it was, I guess heartbreaking, but at the same time, it was like, I was happy he was here, but I hated the fact that he had all those tubes and everything inside of him. It was just, it was awful.
0: Yeah, of course. And you probably, it's probably like you walk past all these term babies and then you look at your tiny little baby and you're like, like oh my gosh, my baby has to grow to that size exactly. and it seems so far away.
1: It really did. It, yeah, I'm telling you that's the honest truth. It really did. And it was like, he's never going to get that big. Yeah. So, you know, I, have a, I always have a lot of questions to ask doctors and everything. So I was asking, yeah. I think I met the doctor and she was pretty much telling me, How he was doing and what to expect. I mean, there was so many different terms and like apnea, bradycardia, (laughs) um, different things. Like he had lung disease at the time. Um, He had, because his lungs was not fully developed. So a lot of things that he went through is because, of course, he was not supposed to be out of the womb so early. Um, So he, of course, was going to need a lot of, he was in intensive care. So (laughs) he was going to need a lot of care. Yeah. and different things you know to help him through his stay
0: overall how long did he stay there
1: okay so he was there for a total of 108 days
0: okay so that's a while that's you know three and a half months ish almost four oh, months yeah It seems
1: yeah. forever <laughs> yeah and that's
0: pretty normal guys like i'm i mean that's let me think how many weeks how many, I don't even know how many weeks that is, but they usually tell you when you have a preterm baby, whatever week it is that, Hey, expect this baby to be here in the NICU until their due date. And that's probably yeah. about, you know, that's probably what they told you. So, yep. and that seems like it kind of lined up that he kind of went home around his due date. He
1: did. He went home exactly what? Four days later, I think yeah. when due date was. Yeah. yeah. Cause he, his issues and i thank god but his issues that he had were basically you know respiratory mm-hmm. he had to be on several different um like the the worst was like the oscillator the yeah. ventilator oh. cpap high flow you know all of those pretty yeah. much he to go home um and then he had some ad- abdominal issues also mm-hmm. um but that he never had neck or anything that you know he was fine and just caught things in time he had a few yeah. infections uh you know Thanks to God I mean, he when he got out the hospital he he didn't have a lot of he didn't have anything as far as like chronic issues due to his prematurity. He even oh, he had our what is it called retinopathy?
0: Oh.
1: Retinopathy of prematurity with the eyes. But he had oh. stage.
0: so okay. it,
1: it cleared.
0: Like Okay, that's symptoms. good. Yeah, that was that was going to be my next question is that does he have any like chronic illnesses as a result? No, surprisingly he doesn't. He does a follow up with a, a pulmonologist, so
1: he just yeah. goes for his normal visit, and he just had one yesterday, actually. He's
0: doing great. He's 20 pounds now, nine months. That's great. The- That's so great. So I guess, how long has he been home now, if he was in the NICU, for four months? So you, you've had him home for like five-ish months now? Yes, yeah, six. Something like that, six. six? Yeah, uh-huh. Six. Almost. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I did want to quickly ask you to, um, I always touch on like breastfeeding experiences, pumping experiences, um, with people. And did you try to pump for him at all? Or what was your experience with that?
1: So when I, when we, um, the whole thing, when we first got into NICU, the doctor did explain to us, you know, the importance of breast milk. Now yeah. it's a to breastfeed anyway, you know, yeah. but it just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Right. So I guess in my head, that was like a strong determination i had I was like i have to produce milk because i think the first couple of days of his life my milk hadn't come in i had you know little drops of colostrum but it wasn't so so much so i guess in my head i was determined to keep pumping so i can give him milk because he right. had donor milk for the first couple of days so yeah i mean thanks goodness about three days two or three days in my milk came and it was, you know, pretty good at first. And so I guess I became obsessive <laughs> with pumping. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think by the s- third week or the fourth week, I was pumping 60 ounces a day of Ooh, milk. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. because I were would-
0: super <laughs> obsessive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and so I was like, patient with pump and tell me, yeah, you, gotta, you may need to slow it down because you're not going to do it that but that was like later on they was telling me that because it, it became so much milk that the um I guess I don't know whoever prepares the milk lactation or whoever prepares the milk they were like uh we need to send some of your milk home because yeah. we don't have any room <laughs> we didn't send I it mean, back. I yeah I was happy to be able to do that because all I yeah. got was my breast milk so that's good yeah that was great and then by the time he got to 34 or 35 weeks um, he was on a lower form of respiratory support, so he was able to try to um breastfeed. And okay. the first time, it didn't go as well as I expected it to go. But yeah, he did latch on for a little while, and then mm-hmm. he let go. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stronger he got and the older he got, he would latch on, and then I think by 39 weeks, he was um breastfeeding. So I breastfed him for about about three months yeah. before I became pregnant again. Yeah. And then I had to stop. But he still has breast milk to this day. he will probably have breast milk for the next 5 months.
0: <laughs> yeah. Are you producing still at all even though being no. pregnant? No. I yeah. was, but they told me at 12
1: weeks that they wanted me to stop because yeah. they said that it, you know, makes you contract and I didn't yeah. need that especially Yeah, with
0: especially story. with your history. Yeah, that's a and that's a very good point because that's a common question that I feel like I hear all the time that people are saying uh, can I still breastfeed? Like, you know, with my, uh, now that I'm pregnant again, I'm, you know, I have a however month old, a six month old or 10 month old or whatever, and I'm still breastfeeding. Can I, is it still safe? And the answer usually is yes, unless you have contraindications and, you know, you've had high risk pregnancies, you know, ask your doctor. And in your case, Yes, absolutely. I can understand that your doctor's like, hey, you had a 25 weeker. We right. want to try and not make that uterus contract at all. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, exactly. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that nice. makes a lot of sense. Well, cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine, for sharing all of that. Um, that was a miraculous story.
1: <laughs> like, Uh-oh. I
0: can't believe all of that that you went through. That's like oh, I so crazy I'm- at 25 weeks to have. A baby like that, and then that long, Nick. You stay. I'm sure you are just like so happy to be home with him now. And I'm sure you're like you. I think you referenced it that like, you're anxious about this pregnancy, which I can completely yeah. understand.
1: Yeah, I'm 24 weeks now. So, and that's when, like, I was explaining everything. Pretty much was happening at 24 weeks, and then he yeah. was born.
0: So i yeah. Like,
1: so you're I'm right exact- at that
0: time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, this, now are they I was I was going to ask you, are they doing anything in this pregnancy different like to to maybe prevent any complications from happening like you're getting progesterone or anything like that? Um yes, yeah. so this pregnancy
1: well for one at 16 weeks I started taking the progesterone shot and I have <clears throat> worked it out where the nurse comes to my house and she's able to nice. give it to me cuz they yeah, they don't want me to they pretty much put me on First, they put me on pelvic rest because mm-hmm. I had a placenta previa, mm-hmm. but thank goodness it's moving away now, so it's not um, hopefully going to be there by the time I deliver, mm-hmm. but um, they wanted me on pelvic rest, but now um, they're just saying, you know, if you're, for, it's, it's been helping the pelvic rest, so just pretty much stay in the bed when you can. We do understand you have a nine-month-old, so mm-hmm. whenever you can, try to be home, try to rest. Don't go to any places. That's what I've pretty much been doing, just resting yeah.
0: in the shots and praying. <laughs> that's <Yeah. about> it. <laughs> that's and that's about all. And sometimes that's all you can do. And um, another option that, and it, it's kind of case by case, but sometimes when you have a situation like that where you just kind of go into preterm labor and they don't really, you know, know the exact reason, it's not because of infection, it's not because of this or whatever, they'll talk about a cerclage, putting mm-hmm. a cerclage in. And I don't know if that option was ever presented to you yeah, I asked him
1: that earlier on, and the doctor he's i i I love him, he's great, yeah um, asked him about a surclage because I was reading I had friends who had incompetent cervix, so that's yeah pretty what he explained to me the reason it would be for, but yeah. they said because I was contracting mm-hmm. with um and it wasn't an incompetent cervix, we don't know why he came, yeah, he just did, but if you had an incompetent cervix, it would be you wouldn't feel, you know, anything. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even be contracting. It just, your cervix just opens right. for whatever reason it does. But no, I was contracting and everything else. So yeah. he was saying, I think that would be a good idea because if you were to go into preterm labor again, you could still contract and tear and that, right. that would be even worse. Right. So they right. said no. Exactly. They said if my cervix would shorten, you know, on a weekly basis, cause they did, they do see me. I do go to <laughs> maternal fetal specialist every time yeah. they check the cervix and
0: thank goodness yesterday I went and it's still four centimeters so Woo-hoo. yeah and I was gonna bring up bring that up when you were talking about earlier that it was 1.5 centimeters I wanted to bring that up to people who are listening who are confused about that but four centimeters is so when she when you talk about a cervical length and they're usually measuring um it's like a Uh, vaginal ultrasound. And so they put the probe up there and they say, okay, looks like your cervix, they're not measuring how dilated you are necessarily with that wand. They're just measuring the length from like how basically, I mean, basically the effacement and how kind of thick the cervix is. And four centimeters is a nice long, thick cervix. So by you being 1.5 centimeters at you know, 24 weeks or whenever that was that you talked about 20, do you say 22 or 24 weeks when they 24, saw that? 24. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, at 1.5 centimeters, that's a pretty significant, you know, shortage. Ooh. So, <laughs>
1: oh yeah. yeah. So when they told me that yesterday, I was like, oh man, I'm so happy because I've been contracting, but
0: Hasn't been consistent, so I was just concerned about that. But yeah, that's good. Well, prayers to you, (laughs) big, big thoughts, prayers to you that you know this pregnancy goes smoothly. I think you're doing all the right things, you know, by resting and by doing the progesterone shots. So, I think that's all you can do. And I I know just personally from taking care of patients who've been in your situation and had preterm deliveries, and then they kind of manage the second pregnancy difference different and they go on to have term babies and it's completely fine. So that is my hope for you <laughs> that that happens. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine. Can you just quickly um, remind listeners or tell listeners if they want to follow you, if you're on social media or you have a website or anything, you can share all of your stuff if people want to follow along. Of
1: course, yeah. So I have two um, social media accounts. So initially, before I had my son, um, when I was just, you know, not focused on having children, I started my yeah. own business. Yeah, um, cool. Called, yeah, it's called Hills Everywhere Hair Care, and we sell natural hair care products. Cool. Um, and it's Etsy. Cool. It's if you just Google Hills Everywhere Hair Care, our Instagram name for that account is Hills Everywhere Hair Care, LLC. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um. Actually, we're gonna be starting to make baby products in the summer, um, organic baby products. So Ooh. that's something I'm excited about. Yeah. <laughs> and, awesome. Yeah. And then our other Instagram account, because I had a baby born so prematurely, you know, it, I just I like to raise awareness about mm-hmm. um, prematurity, babies in the NICU, and and different things like that, and things mothers go through. You know. It's, yeah. It's, it's traumatic it really is and it's like you really do have stress from that like anxiety yeah so I have another page for that and my husband actually makes little onesies with cute little sayings Aww. on it we call that um account it's called Miggy's World Creations because uh-huh. his name is Miguel <laughs> so cool. Miggy for sure Miggy. and that is I think the Instagram is just Miggy's World Creations and the same we sell it
0: on um Etsy
1: too so check it awesome. out there
0: Awesome. Well, I'll link both of those in the show notes too for people to check you out and follow along if they want to follow you. Great. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Are you looking for birth education? Did you know that I have two fabulous birth courses that are super affordable? Well, I do. Head over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast to take a short quiz to see which birth class is for you. When you purchase either birth course, you'll have full access to it forever, and that means it will never expire and you can access it throughout any stage of your pregnancy or or for any subsequent pregnancies that you have. You'll also gain free access to my Facebook group, linked to the class where you can ask questions about your pregnancy, share your birth story after you give birth, read other people's birth stories, and get to know other members who are in the course. There is also a money-back guarantee, so if you are at all unsatisfied with your purchase, please, please send me an email at hello at mommylaborers.com for a full refund. There's really no risk to signing up, and I promise you will learn a ton about what's to come when you give birth. As a listener of this podcast, you automatically get 20% off any purchase if you use the code PODCASTLISTENER. I've had tons of moms just like you enter these birth courses and have fabulous, wonderful, empowering births because they feel so much more educated about what's to happen. So, if you are at all curious about birth education, again, I encourage you to go to slash podcasts and use the code podcast listener to save 20%. All right, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast and as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at nurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.